Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday. And a big thanks to Kusha's Bayou Rouge, who allows us to bring this program your way commercial free. In business over 16 years here in Tallahassee, tabbed best of Tallahassee by Tallahassee Magazine four straight years, Tommy, and six out of the last seven. And I got to set the record straight here. So I married into uh, somebody from New Orleans. Outkicked my coverage as many of us did. It's not about temperature. Is that where you're going? It, it is because I think there's a, a misnomer out there that Cajun food means it's hot and it doesn't. What it means is it's flavorful and it's doggone good. And trust me, I spent a lot of time because of said wife, Laura, who is from New Orleans uh, at Kusha's Bayou Rouge. So I encourage you guys to do the same. And uh, they're open seven days a week, have breakfast uh, Wednesday through Sunday. I get there often with my son, Garrett. You should go as well. Make it a Sunday staple. That's what the uh, FSU football coaching staff has done. Matter of fact, Kusha's caters for the coaching staff uh, every Sunday during this football season. They break down the tape and get set for uh, the next opponent. So, again, thanks to Kusha's. They are on Thomasville Road on the west side just past Cary Forest. Now, with that said, here's Front Row Knowles, Seminole Sunday. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles, Seminole Sunday, with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Good day, Seminoles, only it's not a good day because this is a familiar refrain. Tom and Keith with you on Front Row Knowles, Seminole Sunday, and KJ, it is a broken record. Fans don't want to hear it. But it's true. They're they're this close, whether you want to call it inches or one play or however you phrase it. Unfortunately, in the case of yesterday, it's the kind of play that could really, really linger for James Blackman. That's what you fear. Uh, anytime you're playing a youngster, one of the things that you concern yourself most with is putting them in a position where they make mistakes to the degree that it shakes their confidence. And that's always been the longstanding. It doesn't matter the sport. Uh, doesn't matter whether it's college or or professional. That's the longstanding worry for a manager, a skipper, a head coach, or whatever his title is. Uh, when you put a youngster in a situation, ask him to make plays, and he doesn't, it has a tendency for him to say, well, it must be me. I can't do this. I'm unable to do this. I'll never be able to do this. And then that youngster starts doubting. And once that doubt creeps in, that confidence goes away, and basically you quote-unquote ruin someone. And you've heard that talked about before. I'm not sure that given the constitution of James Blackman, remember he's the he's the red he's the freshman who's only been in camp for four or five weeks, who's the only freshman that makes any statement in the Alabama ball game before that game. So I'm not sure his constitution is such that he's gonna be terribly potentially damaged by mistakes, but it is something that you concern yourself with, and it's certainly something that Jimbo and his staff is going to have to pay attention to on the offensive side of the ball. Were it not for that, it could not have set up better for Florida State after the comeback. I mean, it was, I think, first and 10 at the 21 when that fumble occurred with, you know, a buck and a half or two minutes left. Louisville had two timeouts. You're going to run the ball three or four more times, force them to call their timeouts. If you get another first down, it's all but over because it's going to be a chip shot field goal. If you don't, you're going to line up for a, you know, a field goal that's 35 yards or something like that, and you're going to leave very, very little time for Lamar Jackson. But coulda, woulda, shoulda. Exactly. Now, there is some concern because, remember, Aguayo had missed his only other kick in the ball game from, from a similar type of distance. Uh, so that's in the back of your mind, particularly after your kickers made 11 straight uh, field goals. Uh, but it was set up perfectly. Um, I, don't, I don't have a huge heartburn with the call. Uh, 
Uh, I don't know if you and, I, and only Jimbo and, and and the offensive staff can answer this. I don't know if it was a pre-call that he should have kept it or tried to keep it, uh, or I don't know if it was a true read. Either way, uh, a bad decision because there was a temp- defender right in his face. If he had handed the ball off to Cam and let him go, uh, then we would not be talking about this right now. And I didn't get a real good look at it, but it also looked like uh, there was some that said the defender knocked the ball out of his hands. I think he just dropped the ball. I think it got away from him. And, of course, the defender was right there. Now, let's be fair. Uh, you're not even worried about this play if you don't get a rough in the passer call uh, against Blackman. You're not worried about this play if uh, Nooney Murray doesn't recover the Jaquez Patrick fumble in the end zone. So Florida State had had some breaks along the way and, and were fortunate to be in the position they were in. It's just unfortunate that what will be focused on, I think, too much is the play by the freshman, and that, unfortunately, is just the way sports goes sometimes. Well, and we focus on the end, so people are going to focus on the defense not coming up with a stop on the ensuing possession for Louisville. When I thought overall, it's sort of a microcosm of the season. The defense has played better than what the headlines would indicate, but it has not played as great situationally as it should for the amount of players that are out there. Now, that said, it's Lamar Jackson, and the play that that hurt was they had a third and nine after a sweat sack, and they went after uh, Levanta... uh, uh, significantly in this game. He got a pass interference. They they went after him three or four times, and that's who got beat on that third down play. And then from there, it's just downhill for Lamar Jackson. You know that Jackson's going to make his plays. Um, and, of course, you got to go back and remember, this is a Louisville team that was quite well thought of coming into the season. Uh, Jackson was coming off of the Heisman Trophy win. Uh, it had been said both publicly and I'm sure privately that uh, Coach Petrino was going to work on keeping him in the pocket to try to make him look better as a pocket performer because he's not going to make an NFL squad running the ball 27 times or whatever he had in this ball game. You're not going to make an NFL squad doing that. You're going to make an NFL squad from throwing the ball from the pocket. So Louisville started out with that, but you lose a couple of three ball games and the heck with getting somebody ready for the NFL, you're trying to save your season just like Florida State is. So coming into the ball game, you knew that uh, he wasn't going to sit back there and just be throwing the ball from the pocket. And that was evidence in the first quarter. He had 60 yards rushing in the first quarter. Um, they were going to go back to what he does best, and uh, he's pretty darn good at it. All right, he's got, he wouldn't have that piece of hardware sitting on his mama's uh, mantle to prove it. Well, this is where you go back to the game in its entirety instead of just the last two minutes, which we focused on so far. And we'll hear from Jimbo Fisher momentarily. Louisville and Lamar Jackson get a touchdown on the opening drive, and to me it's a little bit like defending an option team. You're just blown away by the speed of Lamar. Uh, And then FSU tied it at 7, so they scored on their opening drive. Then after that, the defense got stops on three possessions in a row. There was two punts and a fourth down stop in there, but the offense did nothing to create any separation there. Uh, And so as a result, and then the defense scored and put them up 14-7. to And so... Again, you you had a lead. The defense had played well, but the offense just couldn't do anything to help out. You know, one of the things I'm concerned about, and and you and I have talked about this, no one wants to bring this aspect of the offense up. There's no one on the offensive staff that challenges Jimbo. It's his offense. He calls the plays. And just because of the dominance of his personality – 
I think it's very, very rare when someone says, Coach, that's a bad idea, or maybe there's a better idea out there. And as a result, he gets one track and one-minded. And and I think that has come into play. I think Jimbo has occasion to get stubborn in some of his play calling. He continues to try to run Jacques Patrick across the formation instead of lining up in the eye and running him straight ahead. Uh, we, we saw a situation. He did go for fourth down later, but we saw an earlier situation where fourth down inside Louisville territory when he chose not to go for it. Uh, we've seen sometimes when he's got third down and long inside the opponent's territory, instead of going for a five or six yard type game to set up fourth and two, fourth and three and going for it, he tries to get 15 yards and it doesn't work out. I think there is legitimacy that, that Jimbo needs to be challenged some on, on some of his play selection, some of his calls to make sure that everyone is in agreement that that's the right play to call instead of having three or four guys thinking maybe we should do something else. But because of the dominance of the personality, nobody raises a hand, raises a finger, and asks, Coach, have you thought about this? And to be fair, we're not in those meetings, so we don't know if that's happening or, or how that goes down. Uh, what we do know is Florida State fell 31-28 to last uh, yesterday afternoon to Louisville. Let's listen in to Coach Jimbo Fisher as he met the media after the game. Again, I'll say this. I'm very proud of those guys. Played hard. There's heart. There's caring. There's love for each other. Uh, and what they did, very hard-fought game. Now, but we know as a team right now, we're, we still got some work to do. We have still have to make the plays at the right time at the key moment. And uh, we had our opportunities. We did a heck of a job coming back in the game, making great drives. A tremendous last drive, checking, running, throwing, mixing things around. The offense is growing more. It's expanding more. Uh, third down's got... They're increasingly going way up. The red zone, again, learning to capitalize with touchdowns down in the red zone and things we did. Had a couple of costly turnovers, though, that hurt us. Defensively, you know, containing him, he had one big scramble out where just he broke a play. Had some nice runs, but our defense did a nice job. But, again, both sides of the ball have to either get to stop or make the drive at the right time. Uh, we missed an unfortunate field goal. You know, just some slip-ups everywhere. They did, too. It was a game that was back and forth. And, uh, but we got to keep going. We expect to play, keep playing better. The outcomes, so you get caught up in them, which is huge, and that's the, that's the ultimate thing. But uh, there's still a lot of progress being made, but it doesn't, you know, there's no moral victories or anything like that. We just got to come in to find a way to make the next play, and we got to do a better job and keep putting them in best positions, coaching the heck out of them, uh, making sure they understand everything. And uh, our goal right now is keep playing with the right attitude, and we're definitely doing that. Our guys are playing, they have a great attitude, they have great heart, they care about each other. It hurt them again. It was, it was a hurt locker room they, because they knew they were that close. But when you play a guy like Louisville and Bobby and Lamar and those guys, they, they you know, you can't give them, when you got them down, you can't let them up. And uh, keep that great mindset. We got to keep, keep competing relentlessly. We got a quick turnaround this week. We got to be right back tomorrow and in here watching film. And, uh, you know, okay, and that won't define us and, and keep our great attitude of where we're going. Have setbacks in life. And that's going to be, it's going to test them right now because everybody's going to jab at them, jab at us, do the things you got to do. I know that. But that's stay together, stay strong. You can flip that thing right back and, and finish strong down the stretch. And that's what we got to do. Questions? Yeah, but what happened on James Fumble? What I'm on waiting. I'll wait and see the, see the film. I don't know. He thought he was giving it and they was taking it and hit the ground. I mean, it was that simple. We'll have to, we'll have to, we sit them down after the game, get them calmed down, let them think about it and watch the film and see. I don't want to make any judgments till I see it, you know. We had what we wanted and thought it was going to be a good play. And, you know, we've been running it and doing a good job and we just didn't get that executed. I mean, they didn't do it on purpose, I promise. But disappointing.
Yeah, it has been. I mean, we've been one one inch away, one play away. But you can't quit fighting for them. That's the thing. They, sometimes they don't come. Sometimes even when you fight for them and put your heart and soul into them, those inches don't come. You got to dig for them, and we're going to continue to dig, and that's what we're going to do. You know, in close games like that, where I mean, it's kind of a shootout to the finish. How much does experience play? And you know, Lamar being an experienced quarterback versus James still trying to get his foothold in this freshman season. Well, I think it does. I mean, I, there's no doubt experience does. But you know, the the only way to get experience is get in the middle of it. And you know you got to push your way through it, and, and it did a heck of a job. Put us in position to do it. You know we just got to we just got to finalize it and make the play. Well, I mean you get competition and you get going, and and he had plenty of opportunities in the game earlier, and he did some really good things. He missed a couple of things. I mean there's, there's youth in there, and and you can see the growing, but you see the comp- you see the competitor, and the caring, and how good this kid really is, and how much heart and soul he's really got. That is courtesy of Seminoles.com. You know that our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefelt, joins us every Wednesday on Front Row Knowles at 6. And you can get complete coverage of Florida State, not just football, but all athletic programs by logging on to Seminoles.com. So the long and the short of it, Keith, is that they'll go back and and, uh, dissect this tape, and they're going to feel similar to how they felt after the Miami game and after the NC State game and after, you know, just about every game. It's been down to one or two plays, a couple things here and there. Uh, which is cliche, but again, if you don't fumble, if you make a stop on the last drive, if you make that third, if you make the field goal that was missed, uh, just just other opportunities that that they didn't cash in. The casual uh, fan will naturally point towards uh, its coaching. Uh, the the coaches are not getting the kids ready to play. Uh, the coaches have not caught the kids the plays. Uh, the coaches are not calling the right place. But I'm here to tell you, and I've, I've begun the process of talking to some of my former teammates. I've spent, you and I have both spent a lot of time with William Floyd. Uh, he's talked to his teammates. Uh, I saw Corey Simon, uh, who's a little bit younger than all of us. Uh, he's talking to his teammates. I will just tell our fan base that from the former players' perspective, uh, there are issues with the coaching staff, and there are issues with some of the way things are set up. You can't sit there with four losses in a season and not examine those. But the multiplicity of the opinions is that it's player focus, not necessarily player effort. They're out there grinding. They're out there sweating. They're out there doing the things. But it's player focus that needs to be addressed, and that can't always be accomplished by coaches. Sometimes that has to be accomplished by the players themselves, particularly the leadership of the ball club, and right now we're not seeing that happen. So, uh, you know, my first, uh, they bring me in as the consultant. The first thing I do is I sit down with some of the upperclassmen, the so-called leaders on this team, and we have a little discussion about who's doing what and why uh, as it relates to getting ready to play ball games. Keith, I've known you a while. I've never heard the word multiplicity come out of your mouth. I almost had to pull out the dictionary there. Well, I may not have used it correctly, but I think I pronounced it correctly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll remind you that uh, our good friends at uh, Kush's Bayou Rouge are the reason this, a big part of the reason that this program comes your way each and every Sunday. They serve brunch, which uh, is a great call any uh, weekend day, or they're open Wednesday through Sunday, actually, for brunch. Kid-friendly, if you uh, need something to take your mind off of Florida State football, I suggest you head to Kush's at some point today because uh, the food is good, the spirits are good, the atmosphere is good, and, and we all could use some. Pick me up right about now. Uh, take two muffins and call me in the morning. <laughs> all right, we'll come back and uh, continue our conversation. Another disappointing uh, Saturday afternoon for Florida State as they fall 31-28. to 28. 
Front Row Knowles. Seminole Sunday is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Tom and Keith back with you. Florida State Falls 31-28. to Numbers offensively, that's where we'll start. Pretty similar to where they've been for FSU the last two weeks. Just over 400 yards. Still leaving a lot out there. Still pretty balanced with 248 yards through the air, 155 yards on the ground. I actually thought in this game, though, that uh, there were times where they forced the pass and could have called a few more runs early on. And, and maybe my opinion uh, is based more on what BC did to Louisville last week than it is on how Louisville was lined up defensively at the time. I'd have to look at the tape with the coaches to know that for sure. I know there were a lot of times when they walked uh, a number of people up into the box, particularly when Florida State got across the 50-yard line. Uh, they were taking at least one safety and moving them up, uh, making sure that they had an extra protector uh, nearer that line of scrimmage. Uh, but I think overall, I, I would agree with you. Uh, and, of course, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But as well as you ran the ball against Duke, on paper, this is a defense in Louisville that's not as good as Duke. If you had stayed with the running game, what might have happened in the latter part of the third quarter or all the, during the fourth quarter, uh, if you had maintained the, the ball and maintained possession, that type of thing. Um, but at the same time, you knew you had to score points. And you and I talked about this uh, during the week. We talked about it in the pregame. You know, if you're going to have a limited number of possessions, you know Louisville's going to score on a percentage of their possessions. And and by default, you and I both said you're going to have to score at least 30, maybe 35 points to win this ballgame. Well, had you scored 35 points, you win this ballgame. You came up just short. Uh, that's how narrow the, the margin of error is, uh, at least in the 2017 season for Florida State. Uh, so I do agree with you. I think the running game... Uh, could have been uh, used a little more. I think it could have been used a little smarter uh, in, a, in order to achieve a little better result. But again, that's, that's, that's the product of 2020 hindsight. I wasn't calling plays at the time. Yeah, and that's why we don't get into this uh, too much overall because uh, it's easy to, to 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 form those opinions after you know the result of a previous play. Akers had 16 carries in the game for 75 yards. Patrick, 14 carries for 70 yards. That's an average of uh, 4.7 and 5.0. So those numbers are good. We only saw Blackman on a designed run that I recall once in the game, and it was late, and it sprung for 21 yards. I still maintain, and I don't want it, Lamar Jackson carried it 23 times. I don't want Florida State to ever have an offense where the quarterback's carrying it 23 times. But the element of surprise can still be there if you do it a couple times a game. Or as you said, you know, you can't necessarily say it's once a possession, it's once a quarter. But I would think out of the number of plays Florida State had, you could have run Blackman one or two more times. It might have opened some other holes. I know one thing. They did a great job in moving the pocket. Uh, and and when the new buzzword for today offensively is uh, they, they moved the launch point. Uh, when they did those boots, uh, you know, he caught the ball downfield to, to Murray a, a time or two, one time to Izzo, uh, one time to Tate. Uh, that play was really set up well and certainly took advantage of some of Louisville's uh, aggressiveness. Uh, if you were going to run more pass plays, maybe those types of plays, another one or those, two of those would have been uh, recommended as opposed to staying in, in the pocket. But I agree with you. You can't run Blackman 23 times. I think I said uh, uh, Lamar had 27 earlier. It was 23, as you corrected me. You, you can't expect to run your quarterback 23 times and be successful. That's just not the way this Jimbo offense works. But uh, the one time they did pick it, uh, and choose it, it worked very well. And, of course, the play that we referenced with as we began this conversation, the fumble, 
we're not sure whether that was a read or to handoff or a keep or anything in between. Bottom line is Blackman ended up with the ball after the fact, and he's the one that fumbled it, and that became very, very costly for Florida State. Looking back at some of the positive, Florida State fell behind 28-14, and you could feel the air go out at Doe Campbell Stadium, but then FSU mounted uh, a tremendous drive that 8 o'clock got it to 28-21, Nooney, now they were for, they were fortunate, as you already mentioned. The ball squirts free, and Nooney falls on it to make it 28-21. But then the defense was refreshed, got a stop, and Florida State comes right back. And it was on a play after Tate had just left the game with an injury. They hit Nooney on the fade, and boom, you're 28-all. I, I was very happy with that resiliency because that, that 28-14, that's a perfect opportunity for a team that's already lost three games, has already seen the majority of their goals uh, which are very lofty here at Florida State, to see the majority of those goals uh, not be obtainable because of those losses. Been a wonderful opportunity. You don't, you don't talk about letting down, but just quit trying. You know, just now we're going through the motions, let's get out of here. They didn't do that, particularly offensively, and then as you mentioned, that next series defensively. Um, I thought the kids fought hard. Uh, our, our criticism uh, has never been, I think, of effort, uh, only occasionally. Uh, but again, I go back to an earlier comment, it's focus. Recognizing those key situational things during the game and rising to the occasion, rising to the challenge, uh, understanding situationally where you are and that a play needs to be made. Um, this team doesn't have that right now, or they've not been able to to capture it. And uh, Louisville, a very veteran team, we don't talk about that. They had 14 or 15 seniors on that squad. And um, they they did rise to the occasion. They did what they had to do when the opportunity presents itself, and they're flying back to Louisville uh, victorious. Tell you what it reminds me of as I think about it. Well, I'll save that thought. Let's listen to Nooney Murray first, who had the two touchdowns. I talked to him after the game. Nooney finished with uh, four catches, 95 yards, and a score. And, uh, you know, he's really the last man standing right now that's been unscathed out of the guys that FSU is going to count on at the receiver position. This is uh, Nyquan Nooney Murray after the game. Uh, very disappointed Florida State team the way things worked out. But let's go back to when you guys were mounting your comeback. It was 28-14. Uh, first of all, you were Johnny on the spot, right place, right time. Uh, just just walk us through uh, when you saw the ball squirt free with you know, when JP uh, gave it up. I was blocking the corner, and uh, I kind of heard the crowd. Uh, and I turned around. As soon as I turned around, the ball was coming out. And I just dove on the ball. Perfect time. You know, you'd fallen behind by two scores, so that was a huge drive, and it ate up about six minutes, let the defense get rested. They get a stop. You get the ball right back. And uh, I think it was the play after Tate goes out was the fade to you. So, uh, you know, again, walk us through that play call and, uh, you know, tight coverage, but you're able to make the catch. Good play call by Coach and uh, great throw by James. I was able to come up with catch. Four catches, 95 yards for you, I think, today. You've been more uh, noticeable on the offense the last two weeks. What's changed for you? Uh, just keep working. Uh, receivers went down, so i got to step up and uh, just do my job. How difficult has that been that you've lost so many key guys? I mean, Tate goes out a little bit today, but he's been hampered with the shoulder. You didn't have George Campbell or Keith Gavin. So, I mean, you guys are short out there. I mean, it's been real tough. Young guys got to step up. Uh, it's not, it's not too hard. Uh, just teaching the young guys, leading them to the right direction. Uh, it's daytime. It's them. This was James' fifth game, and I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody about what went wrong on that fumble. But uh, how have you seen him mature? What what might you say to him in light of, uh, you know, you guys were in field goal range, the ball gets turned over there? I mean, he's young. I know it hurts him. 
that he feel like he lost the game. But he can't look at it that way. Um, I think he did a great job. He's maturing well each and every week. For the quarterback, he, he's very, he's, he's very good. Dude, he's leading us to the right direction. I feel like we get better each and every week. Yeah, and I know it's you know it's sort of been the case this year where you literally are one play away in several of these games. So just how do you make sure that everybody keeps a positive attitude as you go into a short week against Boston College? Man, it's tough, man. All these games, all, um, all our, um, last games, I mean, they all decided by a few points. One play, one yard, something. It's, it's hurt us. We work so hard. They come in here and get a game away, and one play, one yard. It hurt, man. We got to be careful. All right, and I appreciate a few minutes. I know it's tough today. Okay, Nooney Murray uh, after the game. Keith and I will talk defense next segment. What I was going to say, KJ, this reminded me of the Clemson game here that Sean McGuire started. Clemson's going in to kick a game-winning field goal, and Eddie Goldman strips a ball somehow at about the 20, and Florida State winds up taking that thing to overtime and winning. This is basically what it is. Florida State has the game won with where they are. Again, you could miss a kick, but, I mean, they're going to get it closer than the 21-yard line by running it four or five more times. And, and again, the broken record. That's just the way the 2017 season has wound out. You know, when we look back at the 2014 season, we keep saying that was a team of great talent, but they kept getting behind, but then they would find some way to win. Uh, 2017, at least so far, is a team of great talent that hasn't found a way to win, and therefore we're sitting with uh, four losses uh, as we sit here towards the uh, the end part of October and not very happy about it. Yes, and uh, we'll continue that conversation on that happy note when we uh, come back on Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles, Seminole Sunday with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Welcome back. Tom and Keith with you. This is Front Row Knowles, Seminole Sunday. It airs at 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. each and every Sunday, and it uh, will populate... uh, in your podcast feed, if you uh, subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, which I encourage you to do, then a regular Front Row Knowles comes your way every Wednesday at 6. KJ, let's talk your side of the ball defense. Again, uh, very similar to where we've been, save for a couple of third downs that, that Florida State couldn't come up with the key plays, most notably on, on that last drive of the game, I guess, uh, on the third nine where they couldn't get a stop. Uh, the defense, I, th- I thought, did as decent a job as you can expect against a Louisville team that's been over 600 yards of total offense a couple times, made some stops, but the offense just wasn't able to get any points to create some separation. You've got to recognize that the, the game is played on both sides of the of the ball. You've got to play offense, you've got to play defense, you've got to play defense, then you've got to play offense. Now this is, as you mentioned, a Louisville team that had lost a couple of ball games, but it wasn't because they weren't scoring points and putting up yardage. Uh, the very first drive, uh, Louisville showed that they wanted to try to establish uh, their offense because they won the toss and elected to receive as opposed to defer. And of course, they take that first drive and they drive it down the field and uh, they end up scoring. Well, that didn't surprise me because you cannot replicate uh, the speed of this Louisville club and, and what Lamar Jackson can do. You cannot replicate that with your scout team. Uh, 
It's going to take a series or two for your defense to get acclimated to what that opponent is really going to do. And the fact that uh, they came back, did the defense, and held them on the second drive, uh, at least reasonably so, showed me a, a quick uh, a realization of what that, uh, what those angles look like, what the speed look like, and that type of thing. The other thing that we've talked all about is that you know Louisville's going to get that yardage. You're not going to shut them down. You're, you're not going to have a game in which they leave with a, you know 180 yards of total offense. That just doesn't happen in today's environment anymore. And there were times when this defense played well enough to contain them. Um, I think it, it's disheartening. I, I would suspect. I know for me occasionally during our 80 year we were we were holding opponents to 7.6 points a ball game but our offense was only scoring 9 or 10 points in a couple of ball games that that's a little disheartening you got to get over that uh, so I, I can imagine that sometimes uh, the defensive players are feeling like you know their counterparts on the other side you know are not uh, pulling on the rope at the at the same level that they are but you just got to get over it and I thought overall this was a defensive performance that you could win with. If you had told me that you would hold Louisville to 28, maybe 31 points before the ball game, I think everyone would agree that that would have been a good defensive effort, and that's exactly what this defense did. And that you were going to have a defensive score, which we'll talk about later uh, or in just a couple of moments. Yeah, you know, one of the other things Florida State was able to do in this game, and it's because Trey Marshall returned, and it made a difference. Uh, this was one of the first games we've seen where Derwin James has been walked up to the line of scrimmage, not really lining up as a D lineman, more as a linebacker that would then blitz and shoot a gap. And they did it several times on third and long. And while he might not have been responsible for all the sacks, matter of fact, they didn't credit him with a sack at, at one stat sheet that I'm looking at, he affected some of those plays. Some of those were draws that instead of squirting out he made plays and that was not insignificant I would be willing to bet you and again only coach Petrino and his staff could answer this but there were times when when uh, Lamar looked up Lamar Jackson looked up and saw three and change plays because you have got to account for Derwin James when he's near the line of scrimmage. Wouldn't surprise me a bit if we found out after the fact that there were several times that that occurred. So yeah, he didn't get to make the big splash plays, but he affected Louisville's offense by his mere presence. Um, and and I thought he I thought he played a very good ball game for what was asked of him. Yeah, I thought he did too. I had a chance to talk to him after the game. Obviously, he's the leader of the defense. He's as disappointed as any of you listening to this show are, as Keith and I are uh, right now. He certainly didn't expect Florida State to be 2-4, and four, and he's got to be one of the guys to, to make sure that they, they're focused and ready to go against BC. Here's that confer- conversation with Derwin. Derwin, I appreciate a few minutes of your time. I know it's tough right now. Nobody saw this team being 2-4, and four, and you're literally, you really have been that close time and again. So uh, the last drive uh, after the turnover, you guys have made some key stops. But, but, but controlling Lamar Jackson is a challenge all day. Just just discuss what a challenge that is. It's, just, it, it's, a, it's a real challenge, you know, because he's pound you know, the best athlete in the country, you know. He can beat you with the pass, he can beat you with the run, you know. You got to do everything perfectly. You get on one little crease, you know, he's he going that's what makes the difference. You know, they had momentum coming into that line drive, so you know, made it kind of close. I noticed that, and I think this is because Trey was back and he's been out a little bit, that when it got to, to passing situations, third and long for Louisville, that you were really walked up as a rusher, uh, which you've seen before, almost like a linebacker who was blitzing. Uh, was, it, was that the plan? Because it seemed like it was pretty successful when you did it. Oh, yeah, especially, you know, you, you wanted to put more eyes, more speed on him, you know, try to put some pressure on him, you know, not, not let him just sit back there and, you know, have space, you know, so you wanted to get in his face and, you know, have the game plan coming in and just stop him late. 
You got down 28-14. It looked like the defense was completely gassed there. But then, boom, the offense got you just what you needed, a six-and-a-half-minute drive. You guys go out and get a three-and-out. Next thing you know, tie game. I mean, you had to feel like this was the one that's finally going to go your way. Of course, you guys were responsible for seven of the points on the board. It's been a long time coming, but you get a, a big play by Kane to lead, leads to a touchdown. I know the defense excited about that. Yeah, obviously the W is the most important thing. So at two and four, which is something nobody saw coming, I mean, how do you continue to get out there and grind and, and, and keep that uh, the, the locker room positive, the attitude positive as you go to Boston College? Well, like I said, you know, uh, Boston College just beat the team, uh, just beat us. So, you know, we got to come ready to play. You know, they, uh, they, they're going to come with everything they got. You know, they got a good scheme. You know, Boston College always plays for the same time. So, you know, they're going to come with the best. You know? Like you say, every week, every week, everybody's going to bring their best because, you know, we're for the state. So, you know, we just got to live with that. Six more games to be played. All right, Derwin, I appreciate it. Tough one today. We'll see you in BC. Derwin James, uh, again, his his stats may not be gaudy. He doesn't have pick sixes or that sort of thing, or a lot of sacks or forced fumbles, but but he he gets accounted for by the offense every time that uh, he's on the field. Other teams game plan for him. They know where he is. Uh, they adjust their game plan accordingly. And obviously, uh, nobody wants to talk about this, but uh, you know this this is likely Derwin's last year. He will be draft eligible, and depending on what mock draft you look at, you know he's going somewhere in the top ten, maybe number maybe as high as number five. And so um, you know you, you watch him and watch him play as everyone does, and he's not done anything this year to diminish. The that high expectation of what he can do at the next level. You know, in the secondary uh, yesterday, they really didn't go after McFadden very much. They went after Levanta Taylor time and again, and then on one of the touchdowns, uh, Kyle Myers uh, got beat. So T-Mac was sort of out of an, on an island doing his thing, but Taylor got called for a, a pass INT, and he got fortunate that a couple of balls weren't caught because he just didn't get his head around. Well, what Louisville did is they they dictated who was going to go where by their formations, and they, they went a lot of trips to one side and a single receiver to the other, particularly to the wide side of the field. Well, that puts McFadden out there, and and they kind of he's far enough away he can't make a play, and they did not try to throw to who he was covering. Uh, so they did that by scheme. They intentionally were going back short side. They were intentionally going against the other kids um, in their game plan. Uh, they saw something during the week that they liked, and they tried to take advantage of it on that side. The defense finally got uh, a score, not just a force and a turnover, but a score. And that was key. It was 7-7 at that point. Florida State had had the ball uh, offensively and given it back. So now Louisville had a chance to take the lead. This is mid to late second quarter. And instead, Florida State gets the, the not just the, the forced fumble by Kando on a great hit of Lamar Jackson, but then Matthew Thomas takes it to the house. He did. And Matthew Thomas ends up being our performer of the week, our prime meridian bank performer of the week. If you're shopping for a home mortgage, try my bank for the best rate the first time. Prime meridian bank, Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at trymybank.com. Prime Meridian Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, 
NMLS number 393620. And Matthew Thomas with that 34-yard scoop and score. Did I say that right? Is that how the young people you, say it today? You said it correct. Scoop and score uh, tied the ball game up 14-14. No, that actually made it 14-7 FSU, and then and then Louisville subsequently tied it at 14. But, all right, uh, cleaning up on defense here as we finish this up. So I, I thought at the point in the third quarter when it was 14-all, Florida State elected not to go for a short fourth and three and missed the field goal. That's kind of to your point you were discussing earlier, uh, you know, about defensive, the defensive players maybe individually inside. Not that they're voicing it, and Jimbo works hard to make sure everybody understands you win as a team, you lose as a team. That's kind of one of those they go back on the field thinking they let one slip away, and the next thing you know, Louisville's now up 21 14. They get to 28 14. They were totally gassed at that point before the offense uh, came to life. It's certainly a gamble, and I'm not sitting here criticizing Jimbo for choosing to try the field goal. I'm just saying at three losses, and struggling against Louisville. Uh, the book says kick the field goal. Maybe it's time to do something different. Uh, my daddy had an expression that we all know. We all know. We've lived with it. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Uh, that'll sound very critical of Jimbo, and, and maybe in some regards it is, but that was a situation. I'm sitting up in the booth, and I'm going, this is not the right call. It's fourth and three. You need to go for it here. Well, and on third and three, it was a pass attempt as opposed to a run. If you run on third and three, you get two and a half yards, whatever. You're going to cut that distance in half. In other words, if you run twice in a row. The the counterpoint would be if the field goal is good, well, guess what? Louisville doesn't win the game on a field goal at the end. But they might have had time and played for a score, and it could have been what the Miami finish was all over again. So let's just finish by discussing that last drive. What could Florida State have done differently defensively? To, to make a stop, get a stop on that last drive? Well, they, I'm not sure <laughs> because Louisville had, had worked their game plan. Uh, they had not, they, the defense, had not found an answer for, for Lamar. Uh, so they sat back in zone a little bit. Gives you a better opportunity to catch him once he crosses the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I don't know, Tommy. Uh, at that point in time, I might have, I might have pinned everybody's ears back and gone for it. But uh, you set yourself up to give up a touchdown in that situation and not let them drive and kick a field goal. You wouldn't feel any better about yourself one way or the other. It's still a loss. Uh, so I guess that, uh, I guess I'm being flippant, and I'd say I'd just flip a coin on that. Well, let's not forget that Florida State only had one timeout left at that point, and had they not had to take the other two, then you're in a situation where you can call timeouts and still have a chance to go back down the field. That is true. Now, on, uh, on both of the called timeouts in the second half, I think you and I were in agreement that they needed to call them at the time they called them. Uh, it was just unfortunate that that's the way it ended up. One of them, uh, Blackman's helmet came off, so you called the timeout to save from having to have your substitute quarterback come in for one play. Helmet comes off, player has to sit out for a play. Pardon me, but you know th- now we're getting real nitpicky. Uh, you know the bigger picture is uh, this defense played well enough to win. Offense didn't score quite enough points to win, but it's a team game, so everybody feels the heartache. We'll step aside, come back with uh, some final thoughts over the next uh, ten minutes or so as uh, we roll on here on Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday. Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Just a few minutes to wrap things up here uh, after Florida State Falls. Uh, One point would be that FSU has a short week this week. I don't know if that's good or bad. Boston College has been playing well. Uh, Point number two, Keith, would be 
Florida State's two and four at the at the turn, so to speak. And you have to get to six wins to get to a bowl. I know you said you can just play them one at a time, which is true, but uh, people are starting to pull out the fingers and the toes. You don't even need the toes to do the count now. Well, I, I don't. I think uh, maybe before this week it would have been premature to talk about it, but I think we raise and put back on the table uh, the possibility of rescheduling the University of Louisville at Monroe game. Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana, excuse me, Louisiana Monroe game. Uh, I think that now is back on the table, and at least from a planning perspective, needs to be whatever preliminary things done done, uh, in case you actually have to pull the figure on a uh, plug on that. And of course, the reason you would do that is you've got to be six and six to be bowl eligible. And uh, despite what the NCAA would say, Florida State still counts at about a 35, 34, 35, 36 week, uh, excuse me, year consecutive bowl streak, whatever it is, and you don't want to lose that. Uh, I think also uh, you've got to uh, consider, you know, is it time to change a few things relative to who you're playing and how you're playing them? Uh, this would be a time maybe that younger people, you know, that would normally get 20 snaps, snaps get 30 or 40. Uh, this is a time where, you know, on fourth and third in opponent's territory where you normally kick a field goal, you go for it without question. Uh, I mean, it's just time to do some things differently because you basically, I hate to say it, but you've got nothing to lose. It's time to pin it back and make it happen. And uh, I think the effort from the kids will still be, still be there. I hope the focus will improve. I know the effort of the coaches won't change. They're professionals. They didn't forget how to coach, and they don't forget how to coach. Uh, they'll do what they need to do. Uh, the short week, we teasingly said before we started uh, talking about it, is that is it really a short week? Because uh, with these noon kickoffs, that means we're only kicking off about, what, 16, 17 hours earlier than we normally would. It's not even a full day. So can we even call it a short week? But it is. Florida State's practicing today, Sunday. Uh, they'll travel a day earlier, et cetera, et cetera. So from a standpoint of preparation, yeah, it's a day shorter Friday night game. And uh, you just have to go up there and play it and see what happens. Yeah, against a team that's always been physical. And uh, last time up there, Florida State won, what, 14 nothing or 14-7 or something, 14 nothing. Jalen Ramsey got a fumble late, but it was basically a one-score game for much of the way. Now, last year here was a little different, but that's been a rarity. They're a physical football team. I worry about the, the mental psyche, though. Uh, I mean, and we've said this the last couple weeks, Keith, it's, it's more about FSU than it is about who they're playing. And each time you have your heart ripped out at the end like that, I worry a little bit more about people coming back and being as dialed in, as focused, uh, as trusting in their teammates as they need to be when they take the field. It's certainly a consideration. It's certainly something that uh, leadership needs to help address during the week. Uh, for those that think otherwise, I'm sorry, I just disagree with you. It's not something the coaches can fix. This has to come from within. Uh, the coach's job is get you ready, get you in the right scheme, get you in the right play, uh, tell you what the tendencies are, uh, get you in a position where you know what the opponent's uh, going to do in certain situations. But the kids still have to do it. And the guys that motivate the kids are the upperclassmen. And right now they're being tested and will continue to be tested with their leadership skills. And candidly, they're the ones that have to grab hold of this team and take ownership of it if they want to make this season something better than how it's trending. You know what's going to make me feel better, Keith? I think going to Kusha's is going to make you feel better. I'm going to get a buffalo chicken po' boy is what I'm going to do. And I might even just go all in and get the fried version instead of getting the Logan buffalo chicken, which is grilled. Logan is one of uh, Kusha's sons, which is probably what I should get. But L Logan played baseball with my son Garrett. I'm very familiar with Logan. Yeah, there you go. So that's that's what I should get. 
But point being, uh, Kush uh, sponsors this show, and we thank him for that. Great food. Uh, it is it is Cajun food at its finest. Doesn't mean it's spicy. Means it's good. And you want to interject one more thing. Get an extra order of hush puppies. You can never go wrong with an extra order of hush puppies. Yeah, so there's the the very sound, but not advice from your physicians, from Keith and Tom. Extra order hush puppies and the fried chicken bow boy. We'll do this again on uh, Wednesday at 6, Keith, and uh, we'll figure out what we'll talk about then. Understood, and uh, hopefully we'll come up with something. He's Keith. I'm Tom. It's tough. Two and four are the Seminoles. 31-28, another gut punch right at the end. Florida State will have to pick up the pieces and move on. We'll talk to you on Wednesday night, everybody. So long.